Welcome to the Game Changers Pharmacotherapy Podcast, where we navigate the most important changes that affect pharmacotherapy, plus you can earn pharmacy and medicine CE credit. We know you're busy, so use your time effectively by listening, learning, and claiming credit. It's a new way to learn. Just log on to CEimpact.com for more information on podcasts. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Game Changers Clinical Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Wall, Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Drake University. How you doing? Uh, hope uh, wherever you are, you're keeping safe and uh, not uh, getting overwhelmed by the uh, by the COVID blast that we're getting all over the country. Unfortunately, my hospital uh, in the Midwest, we are uh, very close to being overwhelmed, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, I know I've said in previous uh, podcasts that I was really hoping we could stop talking about COVID at some time, but it doesn't seem like that time is going to be, unfortunately, anytime soon, unfortunately. So anyway, uh, welcome, as I said, uh, for those of you who are new to listening, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, those who are frequent listeners, thank you as well. If you haven't had a chance, please uh, go to where you get your podcasts and give us a like and give us a subscribe. And most importantly, head over to ceimpact.com uh, where you can actually sign up for a very reasonable fee and actually get CE and CME for, uh, the, for just listening to this podcast, as well as the wide variety of other CE uh, activities they have and uh, a relatively new thing called the Pharmacist Network, which is kind of a nice little uh, mini social uh, uh, network within uh, um, the CE Impact website that's kind of kind of combines LinkedIn and, and CE and stuff, and it's kind of nice to have conversations that way. So yes, today we're going to talk about more COVID stuff, and uh, what we're going to talk about today is uh, something that is uh, literally hot off the press. Uh, today we're going to focus on additional COVID vaccines uh, for uh, patients who are immunocompromised, and I am uh, uh, very pleased and honored to have as a co-host today, uh, Dr. Nicole Alvey. Dr. Alvey is a uh, associate professor of pharmacy practice at Roosevelt and uh, is a solid organ transplant clinical pharmacy specialist. So welcome, Dr. Alvey. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your expertise. Uh, Dr. Alvi is also, uh, if you head over to the CE Impact website, uh, she's uh, recently done a very nice uh, uh, journal club about uh, additional doses of the uh, MR, uh, mRNA vaccines in solid organ transplant patients or immunocompromised patients. And and so uh, this obviously is is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we are going to touch briefly on the very very recent decision by the Biden administration to uh, to offer booster vaccines to most Americans. Americans starting September 20th, uh, but that's not going to be the focus today. Today, the focus is going to be on what we actually have data in front of us on, which is is uh, uh, the um, uh, additional dose of the vaccine in, in patients who are immunocompromised, particularly solid organ transplant patients. And Dr. Alvey had done uh, an, an excellent journal club on a paper, uh, actually a research letter uh, that was in JAMA uh, that, that discussed uh, the immunogenicity of the uh, um, mRNA vaccines and solid organ transplant uh, recipients. And it's kind of a two-part because they the, they have two research letters, this group, uh, the, their cohort, they actually took a look at the at the information and the antibody responses in a group of solid organ transplant patients after the first dose. And then just recently, again, this is a real hot off the press uh, podcast, uh, after the second dose and, and the immunogenicity associated with that. And so um, we'll, we'll, and then of course, uh, like I said, I appreciate Dr. Alvey here, and we're definitely going to get her expert opinion on all this as we 
go along. So the first letter, again, the, 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 from this uh, uh, group, uh, research group, uh, took a look at um, the immunogenicity of a single dose of the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine in solid organ transplant recipients. Uh, what they did is they took uh, uh, transplant recipients across the US were recruited through social media. It was a prospective cohort study. Uh, and they, these are uh, solid organ transplant patients who had undergone uh, the vaccination somewhere between December 2020 and February 2021. Uh, this is a, the, uh, the Johns Hopkins group is actually the group that kind of did this. Um, and then they uh, basically took a look at the proportion of patients who developed a positive antibody response after the first uh, after their first um, mRNA vaccine. Um, um, the uh, testing was done uh, uh, via, via what looked to me, again, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on, on the tests that they use for antibodies. And I know, unfortunately, even to this day, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, back and forth about, you know, what's the right assay to use, the sensitivity and specificity of the assays, as well as what's, what's, the, what's the good level to reach for. And I think nobody's really come up with that answer yet for anybody is, you know, what's, what's a, 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 a minimally effective effective antibody response. We just really don't know in this point. But in this case, they just, they used, you know, uh, um, a, 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 uh, Euroamin platform to basically test for the antibodies. And they, they looked at about 436 patients uh, who, who, um, got the first dose of the vaccine. Uh, none had had a prior uh, uh, PCR positive confirmed diagnosis of COVID-19. We know that that uh, patients who had recovered from COVID-19 and then received the, the uh, vaccine have had an even more robust antibody response. So that's that's good. I think that helps uh, narrow things down to patients who had not re had, not had uh, an infection. And really, this is just the response of the vaccine in and of itself. Mean age of the study, uh, the cohort, excuse me, was 55, 61% uh, were women uh, and 81 percent were white transplant recipients, 52% uh, received the Pfizer vaccine, and 48% received the Moderna vaccine. And uh, the mean time since transplant in this in this cohort was 6.2 years. Um, so what they took a look at was, uh, uh, again, uh, the, the antibody response in these patients. And they found that transplant recipients receiving anti-metabolite maintenance immunosuppression therapy, so that would be mycophenolate, azathioprine, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, were were less likely uh, to develop an anti a significant antibody response than those who did not receive such immunosuppressive therapy, and that was only 37% of those patients versus 63%, and that was statistically significant. Older transplant recipients were less likely to develop an antibody response as well, and those who received uh, the uh, uh, Moderna vaccine were more likely to develop an antibody response than those receiving the Pfizer vaccine, 69% uh, in the Moderna arm versus 31%, and that also was statistically significant. Um, and they did do some sensitivity analysis and, and, and basically found that, that there were similar associations kind of across the board. So that was kind of the first study uh, that took a look to that that this group took a look at. And but again, this was all after only one vaccine. And, and we know that after one vaccine, even in, in immunocompetent patients, that we're not getting the, the, the full response that we want. So then again, uh, the same group basically uh, right, uh, right just in the last week or so published another research letter in JAMA uh, that, that uh, uh, took a look at, at the response after two uh, uh, vaccines. Um, so uh, 
what they did in this group, again, in another research letter, uh, they, they again, looked at transplant recipients without positive PCR chain confirmed COVID-19, again, kind of the same group that they were looking at before, who had then received the two-dose series of mRNA vaccines between December 2020 and March 13th uh, of 2021, and they were followed through April 13th, 2021. Um, basically, they used uh, a, 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 the similar platform to look for, for antibodies uh, in, in this group as well. Again, 658 patients who had received two doses now of the, of this uh, uh, mRNA vaccines, um, and and as as I said, they they had already previously reported them. Um, overall, uh, of the 658 participants, uh, only 15% had a me measurable antibody response after dose one and dose two. 46% had no antibody response after dose one and dose two, and 39% had no antibody response after dose one, but a subsequent antibody response after dose two. So again, much, much, much lower numbers than, than you would see in the immunocompetent population. Um, and even those who had uh, 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 antibody responses, the levels were generally lower uh, uh, than uh, has been reported in, in immunocompetent populations who are receiving the vaccines. Um, again, they found this association with anti-metabolites uh, in particular, uh, having blunting the antibody response. Um, and so that's that's uh, of, of, of obviously some concern. So what, what do we make of all this and where would a third uh, additional dose of, of mRNA vaccine play a role? And do we have data on that? And the answer is yes. And we are going to uh, hear from our expert, Dr. Alvey, talking about both these studies and the data looking at an additional dose uh, in uh, the uh, solid organ transplant population in just a moment after this word from CE Impact. Do you love game changers? We would love if you, our dedicated listeners, would share your feedback on your experience of listening to game changers every week. Check out the link in the show notes to share your feedback. So we're back um, again talking, as we do almost every week, it seems like, about COVID. But in this uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, 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 additional COVID vaccines uh, for uh, solid organ transplant patients who are obviously on, on uh, medications uh, that make them immunocompromised. Again, Dr. Alvi, welcome to our program. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. So what's your take on all this? Again, you're, you're obviously a solid organ transplant uh, a clinical specialist, so you, I'm sure you see these patients every day. I'm sure you probably have conversations every day with, with patients, and I'm sure they've had a flurry of questions about this sort of thing. And you've recently done a, done a journal club on the first article that we discussed. So what's your take on all this? Yes, absolutely. So we were really, to be honest, really discouraged with the data that was published out of the Johns Hopkins group with such a low vaccine response in our transplant patients. So, um, and a lot of us were talking, you know, before go back three or four months when we kind of saw that the country was going to start to open up masks, were going to come off. Um, we were going to be able to eat inside. We were going to, you know, kind of return to some sort of normal um, life activities. Yet those in the transplant world um, knew this data was out there. And so we were very concerned about the fact that there wasn't a lot of mention about these immunosuppressed patients who um, did get vaccinated. You know, there's a lot of talk about how people are getting sick that did not get vaccinated. Um, but there was not very much talk about those that did get vaccinated, but did not mount a response and what we were doing to protect those individuals as we have been protecting the, the um, you know, very high risk groups of people throughout this entire pandemic. 
And so, you know, obviously what we're seeing now with the spread of Delta and what has happened once masks came off and the country kind of opened up um, is really what we were afraid of, um, specifically with these immunocompromised patients. So as a transplant community, we're very excited that the immunocompromised patients are getting the attention that we feel they deserved um, because we, we saw, we have continually seen COVID-19 in our transplant patients. Um, we haven't seen, you know, the, the drastic decreases in cases that we've seen in the general population. And I think that this is because they are not mounting a response to the vaccine um, as we see in the general population. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And and in my world, and you know, again, I at Methodist we have a we have a small transplant. Uh, we do we do renal transplants here, but that's about it. But we uh, certainly have patients in in the Des Moines area who are you know transplant recipients. And unfortunately, yeah, it's been my my sad uh, uh, duty to to work in my ICU with with many of these patients who, again, as you point out, several have 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 been vaccinated and unfortunately got really sick anyway. So. Correct. And, you know, we aren't even seeing the, the patients that got vaccinated and got less of a disease severity, you know, as we're seeing right. in the general population. Um, and so, you know, the fact now that the this data on the third doses has, has come out, and I think we're starting to see maybe a glimmer of hope now in, in our patients of um, it does look like we can, you know, get them to um, the level of vaccine response that we're, we're seeing in the general population. Um, it just might take a little bit longer and, and maybe um, at least now we're seeing one extra dose. Um, and obviously I'm sure they'll continue to look at subsequent doses as we move further, you know, into the future. All right. What, uh, and I, I'm, I'll admit I'm unaware of, of the, of the data on the third additional dose in uh, a transplant patient. So you can you give us a little background on that and, and, and what, what they saw. Sure. Absolutely. So, other countries um, across the world have been actually doing a third dose of the vaccine for their immunocompromised patients for um, a couple of months now. So Israel has been doing it, Italy's been doing it, France has been doing it. These are just to name a few. Um, and so with Israel, we've mostly gotten press releases saying that this third dose of uh, the vaccine has increased, you know, the, the vaccine response in the immunocompromised patients. Um, but just recently, we started to get some concrete data um, out of Italy and, and France, particularly um, that looked at a third dose of the mRNA vaccines and showed approximately a 75% response rate um, to this third dose. So, um, you know, as you um, very nicely highlighted the two JAMA articles. Even after the second dose, we were just above that 50% mark um, in patients mounting a response to the vaccine. And so this third dose, put, put it, putting us up to, you know, that 75% mark was very encouraging because, um, you know, we're getting, we're getting closer to, to the efficacy rate that we're seeing in the general, general population. Um, and then just recently, last week, um, there was a letter to the editor in uh, New England Journal of Medicine with some um, data from the United States um, that was a, a randomized placebo-controlled trial, actually, that looked at 60 patients um, that received a third dose of an mRNA vaccine, and um, uh, specifically the Moderna vaccine, and 60 um, patients that received placebo. 
And they um, thankfully also um, showed the increase in response rate to the um, uh, third dose of the mRNA vaccine. And I don't know if this is the data that finally prompted um, the FDA to come forward with a recommendation for giving a third dose to transplant patients, but it obviously certainly helped um, push push that needle. And so, um, you know, this this study included both thoracic and abdominal transplant patients, as with the JAMA study, a majority of them were abdominal transplant patients, um, which makes sense. The majority of our transplant patients are abdominal transplant patients. Absolutely. So the, 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 the results of this study were also very promising. Um, and so, you know, it just kind of adds to, to the literature out there that transplant patients, um, those on immunosuppression, those that are immunocompromised, are likely not mounting the responses to the vaccines that we're seeing in the general population. And that was demonstrated in both of the JAMA articles. And, you know, now this data on the third dose of the, the um, uh, mRNA vaccine um, showing an increased response in transplant patients is is encouraging. That you know, it's not simply that they can't they can't mount a response. It might just take a little bit more um, vaccine um, to get them to that place. And the other thing that has come up. Um, many times, not only in the JAMA article, but in these articles about the third dose is how far out these patients are from transplant. So in a lot of the literature that had been published previously, um, patients were very far out from transplant, a median of seven to eight years out from transplant. In this most recent article that was published, these patients are a median of three years out from transplant. So they're closer to transplant, um, which again is also encouraging because those are really the patients that you're really wondering, you know, what their vaccine response is going to be. Those that are very early post-transplant that are still on a lot of uh, immunosuppression. And so it was very encouraging to see um, a shorter time from transplant and still still see this um, increased response to the third dose of the vaccine. That's terrific. So our, our, I'm assuming you guys are probably, you know, you're at Rush. I'm assuming you guys are, are probably already getting ready to operationalize this if you haven't already done so. So have, have you made some moves to, to start getting your transplant patients in there and getting that third dose? Yes, absolutely. And it's, again, a very timely um, podcast here because we just had a meeting about it yesterday. We'll have another meeting about it today, Um, but we are operationalizing it. And, you know, thankfully, it seems um, we're very lucky in the United States and that we still have good vaccine supply. And it does seem that our patients I've already had, um, I've already seen three patients that have just walked into a a Walgreens and said, I'm a transplant patient. I'd like, you know, my third shot, please. And they were able to get it um, with very, you know, little, um, um, you know, issues. Get it. Yes, exactly. Um, One of our surgeons though, did try just out of, you know, curiosity to get one um, at a Walmart pharmacy and he was unable to, (laughs) 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 um, you know, so there is, there are some measures that are being put in place. So I don't want to make it sound like you can just walk in anywhere and say, sure. I don't yeah. um, because he was, he was stopped, but um, you know, we have operationalized, we are going to send a letter to all of our patients through, you know, our, my chart app, as well as, you know, good old um, United States postal service and let them know that this, you know, that this is the recommendation by the FDA and that they should contact 
contact our transplant center to find out if they are eligible. Um, because again, not all, um, you know, there are some stipulations about those that are eligible to receive the vaccine. Um, you know, if they've been treated for COVID um, recently, there's some, you know, stipulations you have to wait longer um, to get your, your third dose of the vaccine, um, making sure that they are, you know, um, the right time frame after their third dose. So just doing a very quick assessment and our nurses were given this information to do the screening with the patients. And if they do um, qualify, then the nurse directs them to either come to our vaccine clinic at Rush or to go to their local Walgreens or local CVS. And they can take the letter that we send them because the letter very clearly states that they are a transplant patient under the care of Rush University Medical Center. So should they encounter any you know issues getting that um, additional dose, they will have this letter that they can display. That's um, terrific. Yeah, okay. that sounds it sounds like you're already making great moves to, to making sure that 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 yeah, your population is getting that that third additional dose. So that, that's really, really good. I I don't know, you know, anecdotally I've heard, and again, this is complete anecdotal stuff. So again, you know, the plural of data is, is or the plural of, of anecdote is not data, but I've heard it said, and, and that, and apparently uh, from the, is uh, the data from Israel, there's some evidence or some reports anyway, that, that people tend to tolerate the third dose quite well, comparatively speaking. And I don't know if, if that's true also in, in the, in the transplant population, or if you have any experience with that. Yes. I mean, again, we haven't had, I haven't seen, I've seen patients that have told me they've gotten the third dose, um, but I haven't seen them, you know, two, three, four weeks out from the third dose. Obviously it's so fresh. So it's very difficult to, um, to know exactly how they're going to tolerate it. But within the literature, um, as you pointed out, uh, it it seems very well tolerated uh, by these patients. And honestly, I feel like the vaccine in general in our transplant patients was fairly well tolerated. Um, I didn't hear as many of the fever, chills, rigors, you know, after the the second and sometimes even first doses that we were seeing in the general population, which may be because they were having a less, you know, robust response. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, so I I haven't heard that with, with, you know, with the third doses, I haven't heard that. Most importantly, though, um, I think the big question with giving this third dose is, you know, anytime you rev up the immune system, you can't choose what it's going to attack. And so, you know, we've been very concerned from a transplant standpoint of at what point do we tip them over and their immune system is too active, um, trying to, you know, mount a response to this vaccine. And then we end up causing rejection of, right. of the yeah. transplant. And so, yeah, certainly in your population, that that's a that's a very delicate balance. Is yeah, you want you want the immune system revved up, but not quite too much, exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. That, that's a very good point. Well, that's excellent. I you know I you know we really appreciate you coming on and and, and giving us your perspective, and and it's good to see that 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 you know you know your your population, which is as I agreed, completely a very vulnerable population to begin with. Um, you know, we now at least have some data suggesting that 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 additional dose can be very beneficial. So that that's very good to hear. So of course. You know, we're, we're going to kind of end this podcast talking just briefly again, because this isn't the, the, the point of this podcast this week, of course, is, is as we're getting to, ready to plan this, uh, the announcement came from the Biden administration that that uh, a, a, a booster dose, so again, not an additional dose that, you know, again, we know our, 
are, are very clear is, is beneficially helping immunocompromised patients, particularly solid organ transplant patients. But basically, a booster dose uh, is is set to be offered by September 20th in all, just about all Americans will 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 have have the option to get that done. Um, you know, unfortunately, we can't talk a ton about that uh, at this point, even if we wanted to, because uh, the, the we basically, as 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 uh, Dr. Alvi pointed out, this is it's really kind of you know evidence-based medicine by press release, you know, and so basically we, you know, we have uh, the press release from from Pfizer saying that they've submitted phase one data suggesting that a, the third booster dose, you know, again, substantially increases uh, antibody response. So, you know, that's nice. It seems to be well tolerated. Uh, certainly, there's been, I think, some concern um, uh, that of, of waning uh, 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 humoral immunity in the general population with even the, the two-dose mRNA vaccines. But I think it's, it's, it's good to point out, you know, before we start running for the hills, you know, terrified that 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 uh, even with some waning antibody responses, the the thing that we really wanted vaccines to do, which was to keep people out of the hospital and keep people from dying, um, even against the Delta variant, um, that that the data to date suggests that that even with waning humoral responses, we're still seeing that that benefit. And I can absolutely tell you that that the uh, the 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 ratio of those patients in my ICU with COVID who are unvaccinated vaccinated isn't even close. It's 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 got to be in the you know 19 unvaccinated to one vaccinated, and almost always the one vaccinated person had uh, you know was immunocompromised or had 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 additional uh, uh, other uh, um, uh, comorbidities uh, that that would put them at risk. I had a patient who was uh, was fully vaccinated but on four liters of oxygen for COPD just at baseline. So I mean, in those kind of patients, a stiff breeze could get them into real trouble. And 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 so you know I'm I'm cautiously uh, optimistic from what I've seen, but but I, I think that's important to point out that we're not rushing to get boosters because we're seeing uh, you know a, a dramatic spike in vaccinated patients getting super duper sick because we haven't seen that yet. But it does seem that 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 and, and at least the the the, the um, information we have uh, from the federal government is 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 that uh, it, it seems that that the waning humoral response may have more people have mild to moderate type symptoms, so they just sick for a few days. And of course, where does that play into transmission and, and all those other things is, is something that that is is still kind of up in the air. Certainly, even just yesterday, and in, in, in some of the lay media, you know, you know, you know, experts, immunologists, vaccinologists, and other people, you know, have said, well, you know, this might have been a little soon. It's important to note that 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 you know, ACIP, which is the the group that 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 works with FDA to, to make their their vaccine recommendations, hasn't yet met to discuss the whole idea of of of, of boosters for the general population. Um, they will be meeting actually, I believe, next week or the week after to, to look at the data. Um, hopefully, <laughs> uh, the, that will align with 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 what uh, with what uh, the, the recommendations are. But it'll be very interesting to see. So, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we have a lot of data on this yet. Um, as as Dr. Alvi points out, you know, other countries have done uh, uh, additional doses, but but a broad third doses for just everybody um, is is really kind of venturing into places we again the, without published data a little hard for us to see 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 what's going on with do you have any takes on that dr alvi and just the general population again i know we you know we've not a lot of data to read on it but correct and you know i think we kind of all saw this coming in general i just think now it's coming a little bit sooner than we probably expected um but i think you know the talk of boosters has been there since before people were getting their first dose of right. the vaccine. Right. So I do think that, you know, it is something that we we saw 
um, coming, but I, I would agree. I just in my own kind of novice opinion, I think it's a little bit soon because I think um, we still need, we know that a third additional dose helps our immunocompromised patients. I'm thankful that this recommendation is going to give us a couple, you know, month lead way um, to making right. sure that the, those that really need it are getting it. Absolutely. We also have our, our, our kids, you know, that still need vaccinated. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not assuming that they're not focusing on the kids anymore, but I was really kind of hoping we would get um, some more data on the vaccine in different populations before we moved to to the boosters. But again, I think this is something that we did see coming. I think it's just coming a little bit earlier than we anticipated and without the data that I think we anticipated would, would be behind it. Right. I agree. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, there's, there, there are whole populations that I think um, are, are, you know, that, that may, and this is just my personal opinion, not based on data, may go to the front of the line uh, as far as, as vaccine supply. And, and you're right. I mean, you know, you know, uh, if I would, my personal opinion is, is maybe, you know, we, we prioritize if, if the vaccines were to be approved in children, say six to 12, you know, um, that, that might be the, the priority we look at as, as a country, as opposed to, you know, you know, the third dose for just Joe, everybody who walks in the door. So yeah, I mean, th those are all, those are all the important points. So we'll get more information on that as we go along, but, but it's, as I, I agree, I'm, I'm hopefully uh, the powers that be somewhere, make sure that all of Dr. Alvey's patients uh, uh, can get that third additional dose before, again, you know, I can walk into my, my Walgreens and say, Hey, you know, I, I'd like my third dose. I think, you know, uh, there is still a limited supply of MRNA vaccine, even though in, in some States they're throwing away vaccine just for, for, for lack of interest, which is just criminal in my opinion. Um, but, but, um, ho you know, hopefully we don't get into where we were February, March of this year, where, where, you know, you couldn't keep it on the shelves and there were lines and all that stuff. So, so I want to really thank Dr. Alvey for taking time to, to, to come on and, and give her expert opinion. Um, um, certainly, uh, Dr. Alvey, we appreciate you having here. Uh, certainly if we have other things uh, that have to do with, with transplant, if you wouldn't mind coming on, we love having our experts and I'm sure people get tired of hearing me talk all the time. So it's nice to have somebody else talk. So we re really appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. This was a real pleasure. And I appreciate it. So thank you again for listening, all of you out there. Again, if you haven't uh, liked our, our podcast yet, please head over to where you get your podcasts and do so and subscribe. And again, most importantly, head over to CE Impact and take a look at all the great CE programs, including CE for, for, and CME for this program as well. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, time flies. I don't know where it's going, but the most important day is today. Take care. Thanks for listening in. Check out the CE for this podcast at ceimpact.com or download the Pharmacy Network app by searching CE Impact in your app store and join the Game Changers Podcast Academy. Happy learning!